Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sauerkraut Lovers. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't tell you about my latest purchase that should be here tomorrow or the next day. No, tell me about it. Uh, so, uh, I bought a, uh, kraut pounder. So like when you're making the sauerkraut, you know, you're, you're supposed like some of the recipes have you like hand bruising the leaves and squeezing them and trying to get all the liquid out of them ahead okay. of time yeah. and then putting them in the, uh, the fermentation or the jar you're going to use to ferment. And then like a lot of people will like muddle them basically. Mm-hmm. And that's what the kraut pounder is for is smashing down the sauerkraut. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, several years ago I bought my wife a, you know, pretty nice hand turned rolling pin. Oh, and okay. That's the only thing that's close to a kraut pounder that we have. So I've held off on making sauerkraut because I don't think my wife would appreciate <laughs> Oh yeah, smashing up cabbage <laughs> with a uh, rolling pin. <laughs> yeah, with her really nice rolling pin. So yeah, like it's uh Hopefully that'll get here and then I'll uh, do a uh, sauerkraut or do my first sauerkraut. And then um, because I've got six 64 ounce mason jars. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do like one weekend, do one and then start the next one the next weekend. So that way, you know, you kind of have that rotation going. Um, And then I'll only do two at a time at first because I kind of don't know how quickly I'm going to go through the sauerkraut. Cause like, okay. I just don't know how much it's going to actually make compared to what I've been buying. Cause like I've been trying to weigh my food more and not like I've, I haven't done like, you know, the like micronutrient measurement and all that stuff. It's like, you need to have this amount of, you know, weight in volume of food, but I've been like, okay, like I get this like barrel jar of sauerkraut. It's like, you know, it's not like a big jar, like a big barrel. It's just shaped like a barrel. It's like a smaller, just small jar. And sure. I've been doing about four ounces of sauerkraut with each of the time I eat it. So I'm kind of like, okay, if I'm making my own, I don't have to limit myself to four ounces, but half the time, like now I don't finish my entire lunch. Cause like, I've just either been making too much lunch, I guess, or, or what, I don't know. So I'm like, okay, well I don't need that much, but I'm like, I don't want to be out of sauerkraut and then be like, Oh no, I got to start the process again and go back to buy sauerkraut. Like I was when I was making uh, kombucha, I was like, well, I don't really have a way to like start another round of this because I need just a couple more bottles, and I didn't have those. So, well, that sounds good. I, I yeah. we we I eat a lot of sauerkraut. Victoria started eating a lot more kimchi, which I like. Really? I like it in like small. Well, I would even say in small doses. I do like kimchi. Mm-hmm. I prefer it like in stuff. So, yeah. like a kimchi in ramen or kimchi. Like there's this chicken, this like kimchi chicken that they make at the one Korean place mm-hmm. that is really good. And uh, I don't know what my dogs are barking at, but uh, and it's like, but it's like hot kimchi, not spicy hot, but like cooked kimchi with mm-hmm. chicken. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what else, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. It's almost like sweet and sour chicken, but with kimchi and not with like sweet stuff. Yeah, like I've I've never had cabbage rolls, but they always sound good, you know, that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. But like both my wife and I do not like kimchi. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it's okay. Funny. It's funny because like my friend uh, growing up, 
his mom and my brother were like some like my friend's mom growing up is like still my like my mom's probably best friend and uh-huh. um her husband is like one of my dad's best friends so they know my uncle who's mentally handicapped and you know, like when he's got a birthday they come over and like celebrate with the family you know they they treat him real nice so when he was having his last birthday at his original apartment that he moved out of like the family house out of and he had been in there for like almost 12 years so he was having his last birthday party there um we like they came and then like my brother and her and i've really never seen them like talk talk as adults but like they were talking as adults and it was like they were talking about the best places to get kimchi in hampton roads <laughs> just like gross <laughs> I lose you. No, I muted myself because oh. the dogs, the dogs okay. were, being, gotcha. were being crazy. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I would, I mean, I don't know. I've never, I've never thought about specifically Hampton roads as a place for, uh, kimchi in particular, but then again, oh. there's lots of good, good, you know, ethnic type food in this area. And I don't really think of DFW as like, the Asian food capital of the world or anything like that, but there's a ton of good sushi, a ton of good. Um, actually we should bring you, no, you like just plain old regular rolls, right? Or just plain I mean, old regular sushi, just rice and sushi, maybe with some seaweed or just regular old sushi. I mean, like that's the thing is like, I don't like the ones with cream cheese, but I'll eat the ones that are like the dragon roll and like where it's got like all the extra crazy crap on it. Okay. Uh, but like I, like my favorite is like the eel roll because it's cooked. But okay. like I really like the sauce. Like I, I would probably eat raw eel if they served it. Yeah. But it's a cooked roll, and I really like the the eel sauce. So yeah. But yeah, like I'd be you know pretty much like any chance to get sushi. Well, there's this there's this so. place that we like in South Arlington, or I guess it's not all the way in South Arlington. It's kind of over by Lake Arlington. Um. And it's we call it sweaty armpit guys sushi because there's a karate place next to it with this guy who has like massive pit pit stains on his gi. Mm. Um, so, but I think it's called Hokkaido, sort of like I think there's one downtown Norfolk called Hokkaido also. Yeah, and that's the only reason I remember it because we used to go eat at the one downtown Norfolk. Yeah, um, and this one has the same name, so I think it's called a Hokkaido. But they have like. Well, they have the reason I like it is because they also have uh, hibachi, mm-hmm. but it, I, it's not all the hibachi where you have to sit and watch them do it, which is fun sometimes. I just don't want to do it all the time. Yeah, um, it's they cook the hibachi in the back, and it's really good. But they also have just a incredibly like large sushi menu of just mm-hmm. different different things, and it's divided up by type, so you can get the soy paper sushi which is the only kind that i like because i don't like seaweed uh and they have like a section for soy paper sushi Hmm. and then they have like a section for like like for you it would be like sushi with no cheese or like (laughs) deep fried sushi like it's really it's it's really well split up their menu gotcha every time i go there i'm always like super impressed and then the other thing that's really cool about it is it's like a 50 style diner that's fun yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's like, oh, this is bizarre, but it's also yeah. really good sushi. Yeah, Hokkaido is the name of so like Honshu is the Big Island is the okay. 
is in the southern like so there's okinawa which is its own island and then there's honshu which is where like tokyo is okay but it's that big part of the japan and then hokkaido is the northern island oh like, okay the that big, makes no, sense. the big big northern island i mean like there's a bunch obviously i mean it's a volcanic chain um, sure there's a bunch of islands in japan but like so hokkaido is just happens to be the northern island oh that's the so, one where those uh other people uh that were like hunted to extinction used to live the uh white looking japanese people i probably know what you're talking about but it doesn't come to mind at the moment so yeah they're they're like a completely different people they're like big ape men is what hmm. they always are described as in like the in like anime and stuff but they're based oh, okay. off of these people who live up there that are like more they're not Asians They're or well, I guess they probably are because they're in Asia, but they're like a different type of people. They're not like the Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like some of like the Mongolian and like the Eastern, yeah. like there's like Russia. Yeah. I, I know. You're, I know you're yeah. Saying. It's like Eastern Russian kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting. But I guess like, uh, who's the older, the older ninja in Naruto. Who's always, who's obsessed with boobs. Kakashi. He, and he's like into he's into frogs or he's like a frog guy. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Like I yeah I don't remember his name. I think he's yeah. based off of those people. Oh, that makes so, sense. Yeah, because they like that that style of character I think is based off of these like yeah yeah wild people who live up there. Wild men, yeah yeah. It's interesting. Well, there goes Foxy again. <laughs> so let's get into the. Uh, the alcohol talk of this. I was, was going to say, you mean the accident of what you did that ended up being like interesting this afternoon? Which accident? Where you like accidentally published the site. Oh, I did. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't accidentally publish it. I did it on purpose. I was trying to test it out to make sure I could pay with Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, I don't know how to test this without just like publishing it and then actually doing a transaction. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I published it. Then I opened up the Childerberg website on Brave and went and bought a campsite. So for everybody who's listening, Childerberg, uh, our big libertarian get together in central Texas. It's all of the sites. By the time you hear this, you'll know all the sites are on um, Childerberg.com. You can get them for through PayPal or with Bitcoin. Uh, and I'll probably be or, adding some other payment. Methods. I was going to say, are finding Jacob and giving him cash in person. That's true. You could do that. Yeah. Yeah, you can give me cash. We've got a lot. It's going to be a really good year, but I, I wanted to test it out to make sure I could pay in Bitcoin. And, um, well, Foxy's getting close. Let me close the door real quick. Yeah. Sure. She's been extra grumpy. Mulder beat her up the other day. Oof. And, uh, like, not, like I wouldn't say badly, but bad enough that she was bleeding. Oof. And, uh, but it, she instigated it mm-hmm. and I, I, I kind of felt bad. I didn't stop it. I probably should have stopped it right away, but I was like, I'm just going to let him beat her up a little bit so that she stops biting him in the face whenever he tries to come in the back door. Yeah. And so she did this to him. Like, uh, I had just give, she takes medicine. So I had just given her her medicine. I always put it in this peanut butter, uh, like this sticky peanut butter stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so she ate it. And then she, immediately after she ate it, she ran to the back door to like bark at him because he wanted to come in. And I was like, all right, I'll open the door. And she immediately ran out and bit him in the face. And I think he smelled the peanut butter mm-hmm. and got a little too interested. And then so she bit him in the face again. And I think she did it too hard. And he just flipped out mm-hmm. and like 
knocked her over and started like biting her. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to let him do it because she's such a bitch that she needs to learn her lesson. And he needs to basically just establish that he's not going to get bit in the face every time she, he wants to come in the house. But I think I, I probably should have separated him right away because he ended up hurting her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not so badly that like, like she just has like a little spot on her neck where she, uh, where he broke the skin, but yeah, um, I mean, he wasn't going to kill her. She cl- he clearly, yeah, yeah. But now she's even more bitchy. So <laughs> like she didn't learn her lesson. Wounded pride, <laughs> man. Yeah, I, it drives me nuts, and so she's just in his face all the time. But anyways, back to the Bitcoin story. Uh, so I put it up there, and I was like, "Sweet, it works." And then. Um, before I was going to tell Cody that he could publish it because he had been asking about it. And then as, but before I could even go tell him, I sold two campsites, <laughs> two additional campsites. So somebody saw it, I guess, and was like, Oh, I'm going to buy. And they just so happened that it kind of like coincided, I guess it was, just, it was just funny that, but now we've sold uh 22 campsites. So it's uh, the sales are going very well, which is yeah. um, our camp spots. I should say, I keep saying mm-hmm. sites. It's not an entire campsite. I'm trying to be very clear that yeah. it's one camp spot. So, and you'll and be sharing usually the like six to eight uh, to yeah. a camp site, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so there's a few that are larger that can have, I think 12. Uh, yeah. I think, I think there's, uh, there was at least two last mm-hmm. year that could do that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people will be sharing. That's, I guess, the point of that. But it's going really well. We also, because I think the campsite's there, it drove a little bit of traffic to the site. So we sold some t-shirts, which are also available. Um, they look really cool. You, you'll see the 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 uh, graphic for the t-shirts when you go to the Childerberg website right up front. It's a, um, a German cryptid that I can't pronounce very well. Wappelganger <laughs> is what I've been saying. But it's sort of like a German jackalope. Yeah. And uh, it's a really cool shirt done by uh, 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 Unmutual Citizen on Twitter. She did just a, a phenomenal job on the art. It's supposed to look like uh, the Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas art guy that does Ralph uh, the Raging Stedman. Bit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ralph Stedman. It's, it's gonna. It looks like that kind of. It does. Uh, yeah. It's a. It's a cool. It's. It's really good. I like it a lot. Um, and do we want to say how many um, camp spots there are in total that we got this year? Uh, yeah, so the inventory that I put up is, this is, I guess, I don't know how much I want to get into this. I can actually fit a little bit more than this, but 300 is supposed to be our capacity. That's mm-hmm. what our that's what our land use permit says. Technically, we can have a little bit more um, just based on campsite capacity, but the land use permit is, is permits 300. So uh, they're going quickly already. So if you are interested, then head over to childerberg.com, go to the shop section, and you'll be able to purchase a campsite. While you're at it, grab a t-shirt. Also, this year we have an Airbnb, which has actually very limited space. We were just mm-hmm. talking about Airbnb. We rented a house that's about 20 minutes away from the campsite. And uh, we've actually already sold... Uh, I don't remember exactly how many we sold. I think we sold three, three beds. There's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six uh, sleeping accommodations left. If you are 
okay, sharing a bed, you can go in half seas with somebody and share a bed. Um, <laughs> but it's for Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night at the Airbnb. For the campsites, uh, we are going to be there Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Childeberg's technically only Saturday and Sunday, so the campsites are all for Saturday and Sunday, but the first 100 people will also be included in Friday night because I have 100 mm-hmm. campsites available for Friday night. Nice. So uh, check it out. Grab a t-shirt while you're at it. You can also grab a, a Gomez tank top or a Gomez battle flag tank top. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, I'll, sh- I'll say it on the show. I made Rollo a shirt, but it's not available for sale. And I think he'll like it. So I'm going to present <laughs> to him at Childeberg. Nice. It's a special one. It's a Bitcoin shirt. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I don't know how you got like, you know, like the uh, laser cat eye shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just imagining that, but with fruitcakes. <laughs> oh, that's actually, that's a great one. I wonder if we could, maybe I could incorporate that somehow. But uh, this one, it, this has to do, we're, we're in a group chat and I came up with these t-shirt ideas that were just really ridiculous. But I was like, oh, I'm going to make one of these for Rollo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Jeff Rollo's book, the fruitcake standard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I now, now that you said fruitcake, though, I'm going to incorporate that somehow. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be fun because I think Rollo will like it. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. Uh, so as we transition to alcohol, um, so you've, have you been following the Spotify and Joe Rogan controversy at all? Uh, I, a little bit, I know that like this morning there was something new that somebody had made a compilation of him saying the N word and now everybody's all pissed off about it or whatever. Yeah. Well, supposedly like 193 episodes got pulled and, uh, oh, okay. two of them or two of the four Michael Malice appearances got pulled. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. So like, it's funny cause like Twitter has decided that. They're doing like, as I've mentioned to you, the really annoying thing where it's like, you have to log in to see any more of these tweets. So okay. like I used to just like log in and look, I'd never log in really and just look at what Michael Malice is up to because I just don't want to log into Twitter. Because <laughs> like huh. every time I log in, I'm like, I don't know what what to do now. <laughs> like, so I just leave it alone. But like, so I can only see like three of his tweets at a time. And okay. that's where I saw like, apparently two of his episodes got pulled. So it's kind of funny. Cause like Spotify was like kind of holding the line, like, Hey, we're not going to censor. And then like Joe Rogan, you know, have said the N word word. And you know, a lot of people have, and whether he was quoting somebody or not, he's like now going like, Oh, it's never acceptable to say it. And it's like, Dude, you're worth a hundred million dollars, right? No, and you and, were and, yeah. pretty wealthy I, before that. What do you care what these people think? Yeah, that's kind of. I, I and that the other thing too, I saw I did see somebody had been publishing or had uh, reposted one of the things that Joe Rogan had said about this. He says you can't apologize for this sort of stuff because they're just going to move the goalpost. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're sorry because that's not if you're not on their team. It doesn't matter. And I think it was actually when he was talking to Jamie Kilstein about it, who was a big lefty and then got mm-hmm. got like basically kicked out of the lefty world and kind of realized, oh, they don't they don't really it doesn't matter if you apologize. They don't care and they're just going to destroy you. Yeah, they they want you to apologize because that means blood's in the water. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And he didn't take his own advice, I guess, on on this particular thing. Is he should have just said, 
look, I don't think I, and this would be my position on it. I don't say it because, you know, I, I don't even really cuss that much. Yeah. Uh, and I also think it's always funny to say fudge instead of fuck or like, or ish. Cause it, like, doing the silly, the silly words is better. Like to me, it's funnier. Yeah. Like it also like it gives people kind of that, like it kind of gets people paying attention to what you're actually saying. Yeah. But yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'd rather people think that I'm like, leave it to beaver Jacob than like, you know, eight mile Jacob or whatever. Yeah. Well, and like the other, the other thing for me is like, okay, Joe Rogan has many black friends. He's also friends with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Like pretty good friends with Dave Chappelle. It seems it's kind of, to me, it's like, did any of them come to you and be like, yeah, man, like you got to knock that out. Right. No, then like, who are these randos on the internet? And it's not like, it's not like, um, like I hate to say it this way, but it's like, you know, if like somebody like Martin Luther King Jr. or somebody who like didn't have like all of these weird, like here's all these times Al Grift, Al uh, Sharpton was a grifter and like all of these really terrible things he said about like white people or black people, you know, any of those things Yeah, or Jews. Like, I'll, yeah. I mean like the things that like, that a lot of those guys have said about Jews is atrocious. Yeah. So like, it'd be what, different. What, if, you like, know, I think it's actually, I think it was either Al Sharpton or might've been Jesse Jackson who called New York Jaime town. Yeah. Come on. Like, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I guess, I guess that would be what, what about ism. It's like, but none of them care about it. So why, do, why should anybody else care? Yeah, so like that's the thing to me. It's like so like if uh like Martin Luther King Jr.'s like wife was like, Hey man, you gotta knock that off. It's like yeah. okay. Or if like Dave Chappelle came to him and was like, Come on, dude, like we're good friends, like you gotta knock this off. Cool. Right. Some random asshole on the internet, like <laughs> some well and not only that, some random probably white asshole on the internet. Oh like, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, I, I get it, but also, you know, it, it's I, it's the times we live in, I guess. So if, yeah. somebody, if somebody comes and, you know, tries to cancel us or whatever, but let's get into the alcohol talk. Yes. Oh, actually, what was the, what was your point though on that? Cause I remember you brought it up and oh, no, no, it was just the fact that like two of Michael Malice's episodes have been removed. Oh yeah. And there, yeah. I, I always liked his episodes. I, 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 I like Malice that, a lot. Yeah. Like Malice is. Like, you know, as people in the leftist camp would say is like their spirit animal or whatever. Like I very like I don't always agree with his takes, but I learn the most about my own thinking when I have a knee jerk reaction. And then malice is like kind of like I was hoping to catch like people who think they're libertarians or anarchists with that knee jerk reaction. Yeah. And then it's like, not that I think necessarily that his take on it is correct, but a lot of the times it's very instructive of like, okay, what more could I be thinking about? Right. Yeah. So, I think that's a good, that's a good way to think about yeah. it. All right. Uh, I do have a beer to review. Ooh. Want me to review it? Yeah. So there is a brewery from, from my understanding, this is a new brewery. I don't, I have never actually tried their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Trinity Forest Brewing Company. It's in Dallas, South Dallas. Okay. Um, I think it's actually in Cedars. Uh, 
I could be wrong. Let, let me look it up real quick. Trinity Forest Brewing Company. Let's see this riveting podcast episode while I'm looking <laughs> things up. Uh, it is in South Dallas. So yeah. So the Trin- it's 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 referencing the Trinity Forest, um, which is makes sense that it's in uh, off the Trinity River because uh, that and that actually goes through here. We the big park that we go to that's like sixteen thousand acres or sixteen hundred acres or whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably not sixteen thousand. Probably sixteen hundred. <laughs> um, but that's the big park by our house that we like to go to a lot because it's got a lot mm-hmm. of trails, and nice. uh, and that's off the Trinity River as well. So it's called, and anyway, so this one, I'd never heard of them before. Um, Let's see if their about us section tells me when they were founded. They all look young. (laughs) It does not say when they were founded, but it's new to me, but it's in, it was in uh, Tom Thumb. We went there to get uh, Victoria some flowers and uh, you, you guys don't have Tom Thumb out there, do you? No. Okay. It's, it's, I think it's owned by Albertsons and uh, yeah. I think Albertsons and Safeway, like that company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of like, uh, if I was to compare it, I would compare it to like the defunct Farm Fresh. It's kind of fancier. Yeah. And a little bit more expensive, but they have a really good beer selection. Nice. And, and a decent wine selection too. It's maybe, maybe Harris Teeter is, is the, a uh, closer comparison? I'm not sure. Mm, I I personally think, at least around here, the Harris Teeter's selection on beer has gone down. Their wine selection is better. Okay, but like I think like like Kroger Marketplace, like Kroger Marketplace here, like the one on out on uh um the one in Virginia Beach that we go to, like they really like jacked up their craft beer selection. Oh, like, the one that uh, the yeah. one that used to be like a Home Depot or an HQ or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on on is it on Holland Road? Yes. Yeah, that's a, that is a really good location. Actually, that's a that's yeah. a really good Kroger. Yeah, we stopped going for like part of the summer because like they were like rearranging the layout and it was just driving us nuts. And then like they now have like these like they used to have like an aisle of beer coolers, and then like kind of at the end caps would be like craft stuff. Mm-hmm. And now they have this weird like here's a row like there's like seven or eight wine rows, but like one end of the wine rows dump out into the bakery, which kind of makes sense. Wine and bread. Cool. And then the other end of them dump out into like the commercial, like high end, like large scale commercial brewery stuff. Okay. And then like, there's this weird other side where it's like craft and local and like half of it's not local. And then like half of it's like, randomly like Bud Light Seltzer or something. You're just like, so like, I really don't get beer from them anymore, except for like a couple, like a couple times they have like interesting stuff, but I'm like, I'll just go to total wine or I'll go out to like Wegmans if I had to. So, yeah, well, this is, I would say is higher end. They've got a good beer selection and a good wine selection. Nice. It's too expensive, so we don't really shop there usually. But mm-hmm. they do have really good flowers, so whenever we go get flowers, we usually go there. But they had this. I'd never seen this this company before, and so I was like, oh, I'll pick it up. It's in Dallas. I, I like to get stuff locally. Uh, they had two there. They had a blonde, and they had a West Coast-style IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the West Coast-style IPA because I'm not crazy about blondes. 
Um, although I married one. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I was going to make that joke. Like, but you married one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, so I got this. It's good. It's um, I would say actually I would I would I wouldn't say great because I'm like West Coast IPAs are, are usually fine. Um, mm-hmm. I like the more citrusy IPAs than this one. This one is brewed with um, Sim- Simcoe. I'm going to try to pronounce these hops, but I don't know. It's Simcoe, Columbus, and Cascade hops. The first one is the only one I don't really know how to pronounce. Simcoe, S-I-M-C-O-E. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I've heard Will pronounce it. So okay. I would go yeah, with that. Color, right? Yeah. It's got a, a kind of a cool label. They're, they're, it, it's a might be a sandhill crane with uh, wheat in its uh, mouth and then like hops in its talons. It's just, huh. it's kind of a cool looking bird on it. It's a neat yeah. looking label, but what's funny about it is if you peel the label off, it's a, it's like a stick on label. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the blonde underneath. <laughs> so I guess they, I, I don't, they must not have made enough of these or they had like all the blondes printed up or something like that. And they were like, well, we need more of this. So let's put this label on. They, they dropped like literally like dropped like, you know, one of their containers. So it's like. Yeah, we just lost a bunch of the blonde, so we uh, we'll just relabel. Yeah, it's cheaper. Just we'll put this in there. But <laughs> they've got kind of a neat little blurb on the back. It, it's it mm-hmm. sounds very kind of. I've you know I I think I've said this before. I'm very sensitive now to like lefty stuff, mm-hmm. and this sounds very lefty to me. The way that they have this, but basically all sales copy sounds lefty to me now. Hmm. Like anytime I feel like I'm being sold something, I'm like, this seems like bullshit, <laughs> but it's not bad. It's, it's, yeah. But I guess the thing that makes it the most lefty is that like on the bottom, it says, please recycle. Yeah. I think they have to put that on there. Well, it says, please recycle. It doesn't say, it doesn't have the recycle or it does have the recycle symbol, but it just says, please recycle. <laughs> and that, that bothers me. But I will say this. I learned this about aluminum. Aluminum is the most recycled material because it is one of the only materials that is actually revenue positive to recycle mm-hmm. because it's very expensive to mine aluminum or extract re- aluminum from, uh, I think it comes out of like mostly clay, but yeah. uh, it's, it's a, it's kind of a, the process of extracting aluminum is expensive. Yeah. The so, first casting of aluminum is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I I'm okay recycling aluminum cans, I guess. Um, but anyways, the blurb is uh, Trinity Forest Brewing Company was founded with two things in mind, brewing exceptional craft beer and enjoying and preserving natural treasures like our namesake, the great Trinity Forest in South Dallas. By using locally sourced ingredients, sustainable brewing techniques and volunteering, we use beer to give back to nature and to surrounding communities. Grab a Trinity Forest beer and savor your own little slice of nature. So it's nice, but it sounds very pandering to me. Um, yeah, like it, it would be different if they were like, you know, hey, we like we do all this stuff to minimize like our impact, and we spend a lot of time like ma- helping maintain the forest. Yeah, not like local community crap. It's like no, no. Yeah, like what does that mean? Yeah, and it's like okay, like it's, it's all too charged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it is what it is, and. I think it's a good, I think it's a good beer. I think that I think in addition to like copy being too polarized, I think I personally am just very polarized. And so whenever I read something that's like is slightly too lefty, like I get irritated now when I see people with masks, 
Like it drives me nuts. And, and especially if like they're like, if it was like a buff dude with a mask, it's like, okay, fine. You know, you're concerned about your health or whatever. But when it's like sloppy fat people with masks, I'm like, you know what? Lose some weight. That's probably a better idea. Well, like, so I would be the reverse. Cause like, let's say that like, let's say you were like Ethan Suplee, 500 pounds fat at the start of the pandemic. And you're like, I really need to get my life together. And now you're like Ethan Suplee at 300 pounds fat. So you're still sloppy fat, but you're wearing the mask. Cause you're like, I'm still trying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like the buff guy, it's like, no, you're retarded. Like that's, that's kind of like, I saw, you know, like I saw a guy, it was the most, can I hit this guy with my car thing possible? So he's wearing a helmet, riding a bird scooter with like an umbrella, like, like down his back. Like it's like a samurai sword or something like this. Okay. <laughs> wearing like one of those, it's not like he's wearing like a KN95 or a 90 N95 mask. He's wearing like one of those like blue and white throwaway cheap nonsense masks. Yeah. Riding a bird scooter or like a lime scooter or one of those things. I'm like, what if I just clip him? Like, would the world, wouldn't the world be better off? <laughs> that's, that's so funny that you bring that up because I was driving Victoria to the dentist yesterday. And as we were driving, there was a guy talking on his cell phone, walking on the side of the freeway. Not and, and you know what? At first, I made an excuse. Like in my mind, I was like, well, his car broke down or something. Maybe he's walking on the side of the freeway. No, he wasn't. He was walking to Ikea and uh, had double masked and talking on his cell phone, walking down the side of the freeway. Why are you by yourself on the side of the freeway, double masked and talking on your cell phone? Like I could almost see wearing the mask on the freeway, like, because at least right now, like the cabin air filter for my car doesn't take out as much exhaust as it used to. So like, you know, as I'm going along the exhaust stink. So I could imagine wearing the two masks and being like, it just smells <laughs> so bad. Like I don't you're much wear more, you're much more charitable than me. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, you know how it is like when you like, as we've discussed, I'm not a Christian, but I do like a lot of the ideals of it, like kind of turning the other cheek sort of thing. Like, yeah. you know, there are times where like, I clearly wouldn't do that, but like I notice, and especially cause I have a kid who, you know, all of your actions impact your kid, but yeah. that casual flippant converse, like effing moron, like on a highway or something like that. It, like she picks up on that. She yeah. can hear that. She understands that I'm mad. Like we, every time we pass by a Wells Fargo, she goes steely stealers. Cause my wife taught her that Wells Fargo is like a corrupt bank. Oh, you know, stuff okay. like that. So like, yeah. you know, I, I try to be better about it because you know, like how many times have I been the idiot, like super drunk yelling, dumb stuff, you know, just things like that where like, I've clearly done and said stupid things and I hope somebody would give me a more charitable viewing, let's say. So, but like, I agree. Yes. Where it's like, why are you doing this? (laughs) So, 
Well, and yeah, and, and that's true. And we we don't we usually, and I'm sure a kid would pick up on this from now. We don't really complain that much about it anymore. We just say, "Stay safe," <laughs> and like that's in a stupid voice because that's what yeah. they do on No Agenda. So we mm. just say, "Stay safe" in a stupid voice, and <laughs> that's our uh, <laughs> that's our our comment anytime we see anybody with a mask on. I, I get it. It's probably here to stay. It's and I think that's what annoys me about it mm-hmm. is that it's here to stay, and it's like it, any you know any be, before these last two years, if I had ever seen somebody with a mask, I'd be like, oh okay, whatever. And you know, Victoria used to wear a mask once in a while if she was sick or something like that, or had like mm-hmm. the sniffles and was going out. And I appreciate that. That's good. I don't want to do that anymore. Like even when I don't feel well, I don't want to do it. Well, but I, mean- I think it's like probably a nice thing to do. I'm just nah. like, you know what? If I have the sniffles, I'm just not going out. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's the better choice. Um, yeah. But it, it's kind of like, uh, so, you know, not being able, like, since I don't have a lot of, like, physical friends here, and I just went through a month of extra long work at work, um, like, you know, I, I text Will every once in a while. Like, I can reach out to Agora Brewing. Like, you know, you and I talk all day pretty much. But, like, I don't, like, talk to a lot of libertarian libertarians. So, like, when Richard Grove was on um, Thaddeus Russell's show, I was like, who is this guy? I've never heard him before. And his uh, Grand Theft World podcast, they're, like, seven hours long. So... Like I've been listening to those. And one of the things that they, they Richard Grove has been on vacation. So I don't know if you would like the last two episodes where like yeah. not the one that's coming out tonight or is going to be released tomorrow or is occurring tonight. But the one before that, it's like kind of the research assistant guy who's, I get what you mean, but like Richard Grove is just kind of like Scott Horton where it's just like, you know, way too much. And you're not making it easy for me to follow this. Yeah. Well, that's always, and I do like, I, I like him. He's very smart, but like I always, that that's the biggest issue that I always have with Witcher Groves. I, it's hard for me to follow him. Yeah. So, but what was really interesting was they had these, this guy on and you know, the school sucks podcast. Yeah. So that guy was on the show and then like, I think two other guys, it was at least, it was at least three guys, but I think it was four. Is that the and guy were, that was on? Is that the dude who Malice had on last week, or is that a different guy? That, that's a a different guy. Okay, but like I think Malice has talked this guy before, or Tom okay. Woods. Like maybe Tom Woods has. He's in a lot of stuff. So okay, um, but so they were talking, and they were talking about how the the people from a visual standpoint. This is kind of like where, because you know how I was talking, I was telling you the other day, like, I get the feeling that there are two, like, there's the US government and it's mm-hmm. nonsense. And then there's like what Klaus Schwab and like the New World Order, like, adjacent people are doing. And I feel like the orange man bad people made a deal with like Klaus Schwab's in his elk, not necessarily Klaus Schwab, but like those sort of extra governmental people to try to get rid of Trump. And that's kind of where we get the virus. So 
but they were talking about how like the people it's very clear and they actually referenced malice because they were like you know some very bad people now have a lot of information and that's not exactly what malice said but it is very close yeah it's close yeah yeah so what they were also saying and i thought was really interesting was the it's who still believes in the mask theater tells you who is going to be compliant for the next round of whatever they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like the people who still voluntarily wear a mask, those people who are, those people are marked and it's like, they can be, and I'm using air quotes trusted. Whereas right. like you and I, where it's like clearly wearing it wrong all the time when we did wear it and, you know, never like, it's like, yeah, we're never going to comply we're clearly on record for that. And then how many other people where it's like, oh, they stopped after the first shot and they didn't get the, you know, like all that stuff. And they're like, yeah, it's like a very clear like representation of who still believes this and how compliant they'll be for the next one. And I was like, oh crap. Mm. Like that's very clear. Cause it's like, you know, they're talking about like, and they were saying like, you know, and they were using it as an example, like, you know, when you go to the airport and you got to take your shoes off because of nine 11, it's like, no, that was like several years later yeah. that the FBI goaded some dude into lighting his shoes on fire. Right. Yeah. That was, I think that was at least three or four years later. I was going to say two, but like it could have been six months. <laughs> I don't remember, but like. It, it was that guy, Richard Reed. Um, what year was that? Yeah. Actually, like, it, was only, it actually is the same year, 2001. Yeah, but like that same sort of thing where it's like, oh, like masks are going to be on planes forever. It's like, like how ridiculous. See, this is the thing that's really annoying about the masks on plane thing is that the planes use HEPA filtration. It's safer to be in a train or in a uh, plane breathing the same air as everybody else, according to the science, than it is to be in a regular like Walmart or something like that, walking around with people. Yeah. But like, that's the thing is you're not making the argument like for them because the people who are making like, I get your point. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is it's illogical. None of their, none of this makes any sense. Yeah. But like those, what, what I'm trying to say is the people that argue for the mask on planes. Yeah. Also are are arguing for you to be masked in Walmart. That's true. Yeah. So like I, I was driving, we were driving. So, but they allowed, but they allowed Walmart to be open, but they didn't allow, you know, Joe Schmo's Bakery down the street, which only has one location to be open. That's which, that's a different. It, it is a different thing, I guess. You're right. Yeah, Jeffrey, it, Jeffrey it, Tucker actually was talking about this uh, on the Kunstler cast, where he says, where he is also being way more charitable than me, where he's where uh, Kunstler asked him about it and was like, "Do you think that this was like directly targeting?" small businesses and he goes no i don't think it was directly targeting them i think unfortunately they just don't have the lobby power that walmart has nobody's shutting down walmart because they are one of the largest employers in like half of the states of the country yeah like they're but are they going to shut down joe schmo's bakery that has two employees sure he can't do anything about it yeah and that's the thing is like and this is like again being more charitable I don't particularly think Walmart itself wanted to shut down any businesses. No, I don't I think so either. 
Like I, I, I think will, that they, I think they didn't want to be shut down. Yeah. And that's like, like, and that's the thing that kind of frustrates me is it's like, had Sam Walton still been alive, I almost would almost bet he would have been on the news every day fighting the shutdowns. Like, just no, like, why do we get to be open? And if everyone else gets to be closed, you know, like that yeah. sort of thing, like, cause it's like, no, that's like, he was like a true businessman. Like, and now you like, you, you know, the activist CEOs, you don't have people like, you know, Howard Hughes, where it's just like, I'm batshit crazy and I'm a billionaire. I'm going to do whatever I want. And yeah, it's like it, but out in the open, it's like, right. I'm Howard Hughes and I'm like going to build the Spruce Goose and do it in front of everybody. You get people where it's like, I'm Bill Gates and uh, look over there, smoke bomb. <laughs> like, Yeah. I'm some terrible person. We all knew for years I was a terrible person. But- Jeffrey Tucker was being like hilarious. Well, like uh, like uh, charitable in kind of a funny way to Bill Gates where he goes like, I don't think Bill Gates is malicious. I think he just is so autistic. He thinks everything is windows. And mm-hmm. he spent the entire first part of his career with windows dealing with viruses. Yeah. Which I don't think is true. I think his company created a lot of those viruses, but um, or competing companies create the viruses to make money off of antiviruses. But um, hmm. that's a, that's a, that's a whole, that's one of the, maybe we'll lose listeners from this. This is one of the things that um, McAfee has been accused of. And I, and I remember reading one thing going like, Oh, that actually sounds probable that McAfee got his start creating viruses and then creating the medicine for the viruses basically. Mm-hmm. And that's how he got wealthy from his antivirus software. Because he would introduce those viruses and he knew how they worked. But like you could almost argue from like a I hate to like take that like your apparent narrative. Yeah. But it's like uh people who pay hackers to find zero day exploits. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, they do pen pen testing. I mean that's that's, yeah, it's that's like, very lucrative. Yeah, it's like no, like I created this virus, so I know how the code works, so I'm gonna sell you the solution. Cause look what the virus did now. Like, yeah, if you destroyed a bunch of computers to prove to, you know, 10% of the people that had computers that they should have your software. It's like, yeah, that's kind of crap. Right. So. Yeah. And I don't know if that's true or not. I just, I remember reading something about it going like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. But when Jeffrey Tucker was talking about that, yeah, you and I, you and I have discussed this before that like, we don't give Jeffrey Tucker enough praise mm-hmm. and I do. I really like him. Yeah. I found this to be like the most depressing episode I've ever heard him on because he's typically an, an optimist. Yeah. And he, in this episode, he says, he says, I've had to rethink my entire worldview. Uh, he's like, I thought that people were different than they are. He said, I, I, it, it never occurred to me that people would go along with all this. I, and, uh, and frankly, I was surprised too. Like, I mean, like at, when these lockdowns happened, I was like, okay, you know, people go along with it for a little while, but for two years, like that shocked me. But for Jeffrey Tucker, it was worse, worse because he thought that generally people were liberal minded, uh, you know, kind of maybe not explicitly, but sort of generally believed in like free market principles and, and freedom uh, for the most part, which in retrospect seems extremely naive and that's kind of what he's saying now too is he goes i i thought that people maybe not as extreme as like your everyday anarchist but 
in America, at least generally believed in freedom, because I don't think that's actually true anymore. I think that most people are okay with like a despot, like a sort of a, like a regime of control. Well, and it, and this, it's super depressing. <laughs> so the, here, so here's the thing that I will point out or ask you. Legitimately, how much, like, do you know anybody's life that was destroyed by any of the lockdowns? Yeah. I mean, well, I guess it depends on what you think. I, I, I okay, can so, see. I mean, I mean, so I do know people who have lost their jobs. Um, okay. I do know people. The thing that I'm most worried about are kids who put on a lot of weight and will probably never lose it. As somebody who used to be very heavy, mm-hmm. and it was very, very difficult for me to lose weight, it's, if you are a kid who used to be a regular kid, just a regular, you know, normal kid, not fat or anything like that, and then you spent two years locked in your house and put on a whole bunch of weight that you wouldn't have already put on otherwise, it is going to be, and also develop the habits now of being a fat kid. Mm-hmm. It is going to be so difficult for you to break those habits. It, it, it was like I still have those habits, and I'm a thirty, almost a thirty-five year old man. Like yeah. it is, it's so hard for me to get motivated to not play Poly Bridge Two on my computer for five hours at a time, and drink, you know, Dr Pepper all day long or whatever. It, it, it's a, it is a, it's something I have to consciously work at all the time, and I know that not everybody has my sort of uh I don't I don't know what you call it but like my will to power or whatever like to yeah, yeah. you know so, it, this, it, I I think this is going to, and I think it's going to be long term and I've seen people where I where like actually there's one guy I work with we saw each other for the first time a couple months ago when we went back to the office for a week and I was like oh my god you've gotten fat like I can't I I was shocked yeah at how so, I, and it hadn't been I mean I guess it has been a long time but like I put on a little bit of weight this mm-hmm. this whole time, N- not that much, but a little bit. And when I saw him, I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I cannot, like, and and his life's not ruined, but he is so much heavier, and it's so much easier to put on weight than it is to lose weight. And that is true for millions of Americans. Yeah, but so he, here is what here is what I want. Everybody who is thinking like Jeffrey Tucker to remember. For the most part, at least as far as I can see and tell, like the this wasn't the depression, you know, where it's like, hey, the farm failed. Now it's been foreclosed upon and there's nothing. Like, you know, like how, like if you want to think about it this way, like, could you get another job tomorrow? Right now? Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Like right I, now. I, I think that I, I don't think everything has fallen into place to, for us to fully realize what was done over the last two years. Co- correct. So this is, this is my point is I don't think the pain hit in the way you and I perceived it to because of the loss of freedom. You know what I mean? Like the idea that 
we had enough money theoretically to go, I'm going to buy a plane ticket to Brazil and I'm just going to go to Brazil for a week. Yeah. Would we, would we actually have done it? No, but we both could have afforded to have done it, even if it was putting it on a credit card and it wasn't going to ruin us. It wasn't going to destroy our lives or anything like that. And we were going to be destitute because we made this goofy decision, Mm -hmm. but like there are so few people of consequence that got hurt by this. But what I would say is they can't do it again because I don't think that, because like, you know, and this is what I, I think, you know, is part of my orange bad man, orange man bad theory Yeah, is they spasmed so hard over Trump. MSNBC, CBN, or CBS, NB, or CN, uh, CNN, all of these places were getting new ratings like they had never gotten before. They had started not to reverse the decline, but they were holding it off. And they were like, and, and so then when the pandemic started coming out, people were watching the news and paying attention to the mainstream media. They've lost that. Yeah. That's They're true. never going to have that control again. Like Joe Rogan starts talking and then like all of the Twitter verse and you know, these things that's like, let's go Brandon. They can't stop that out. But how did they distract from the fact that Joe Biden can't put two fucking sentences together? War in Ukraine. Yeah. Like Russia's going to invade Ukraine. Like they, they are trying these last ditch efforts to distract people. Now, the question is why? Like, what is there out there that they're either doing or is coming that they need to distract people from? It's like, oh, we supposedly killed the, you know, leader of ISIS who was gaining ground in Syria. It's like, what the fuck? Are we still in Syria? You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of like distraction element. So I think like this is one of those things where like Britain's removed all but like the very basic, like not even very basic, but they basically removed everything. Denmark has removed everything just done. And I don't think that like, you know, New York, it's never coming back. Like New York state is lost. California. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like beat Newsom in the next election. Cause they're just like, yeah, no matter what you didn't do the right thing. Like whether he didn't lock down hard enough, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. And it's like Terry McAuliffe lost, but not because of COVID policy, but what what he was saying about children. Yeah. Well, that that seems to be kind of what the new, yeah, the new new kind of, the new battleground is, is, is I guess people are kind of like, we're over the COVID thing. At least, at least Virginia was this way. And I think it's going to be hysterical. I think the governor's election here in Texas is going to be pretty hilarious. The Beto thinks he's going to make some sort of showing. I think he's going to just get destroyed. I, I, unfortunately, I, who I would like to get the nomination in Texas, uh, Don Huffington or Don uh, Huffins, uh, Huffington, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Don Huffins, I would like him to do it because I think that Abbott should be punished for locking down for as long as he did here. Um, well, like, because I don't think he I has was, power, and I think that I think that I think that people, 
I think the governors that are now being seen as like conservative heroes should be mm-hmm. if they lock down. And I think this is true for DeSantis too, who got his act together, you know, pretty quickly. I don't think they should be allowed to. People should allow them to forget that. Like Abbott did not have the no. None of these governors had the authority to become little dictators. Yeah. And they should not be allowed. They should be excluded from political life for the rest of their lives. Well, like I was listening to um, Radio Rothbard a couple weeks uh-huh. ago. Yeah. And they were thinking that, and I think it was Radio Rothbard, that like Abbott might get primaried and well, not actually yeah. be the candidate. Now, the, 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 it, that's, that's, you know, that's kind of always the hope. So, like, there, there's actually, re- I think actually all three of the main challengers. Uh, f- for Abbott are good challengers. I don't think any of them will will succeed, but I do think that it will drive Abbott right and make it more unpleasant for Democrats to move to Texas or or not Democrats, liberally like leftist minded people. I think the Democrats yeah. that are moving to Texas for the most part don't care. They're just like, yeah, we're from California or wherever, but we and we vote Democrat because it's just the way it is. But I, I think for the most part, they are apathetic to like politically apathetic. Yeah. But like, this is the thing. It's like, um, a conservative is just out of off is just out of power. You know what I mean? Like the, so to me, like I don't like Abbott might be different. It, Cause like DeSantis seems to be different. Like in, but he seems kind of in like Christy Nome, they both kind of seem to be like, we're going to lean into this and actually lean into it, you know, Christy and start. Nome, I think is the real deal. She yeah, never but, locked down. Correct. And, but and like her, I, and her statement right away when people were asking her about it was, I don't have the authority to do this. No, no governors have the authority to do this. Yeah. But like, that's with the correct this, response. I don't think it's the correct response. I think it's proven to be the correct response. I don't think she knows that if a state had a law in the books that would allow it or not. I don't disagree. I agree. There, from- there's, there's not a single state that had enough enough power in the governorship to declare that all businesses had to be locked down. It doesn't no, matter no, no, what their state of emergency says. It doesn't matter. The governor does not have that power, and none of the states had their legislative body pass these laws until much later. Let's take a step back. What I said was- I don't think she had the knowledge to make that statement. I'm not saying she was wrong and I am I see what you're saying. I, okay. I don't care what some shithead in Richmond writes down on a a piece of paper that says <laughs> That's true. I've got the authority to do <laughs> yeah. this or not. That's true. You know I don't care, but what yeah. my point is like guys like DeSantis He's leaning into being more conservative, yeah, and actually doing stuff about it and getting laws passed. But like, if the that's the my big concern with the idea of like a Republican sweep in November is we're back to like what you know remember like when Trump had all three and couldn't get shit done, right? Yeah, and it's well, like a, a very similar example is going on right now is the Democrats have all three and can't get anything done, or well, not the that's things a, that they want. Yeah, but they they don't have all three. Like they didn't even they don't even have the margin Trump did. That's true. And, yeah, and couldn't get stuff done. But like that's that's kind of the thing. Is it's like you know Republicans aren't generally aren't conservative if they're in charge. Yeah. Like so that's where for me like 
my hope is that like the, of the people that could be running on the Republican ticket for president at this point, I'm hoping it's nobody that's been floated at this point. Cause like governor wheels is obviously a bad choice. I don't think DeSantis is ready for that level. You know what I mean? Like he's just, he doesn't have the backbone to stand up at the national level. I don't think at this point, because he still seems to care what like CNN says. And it's like, I would just be like, Hey, you're from CNN. You've got a question. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, and just, it's like, you don't have enough viewers for me to answer your question. Like, are you from the Joe Rogan experience? Oh, you got 8 million viewers. Like I'll, I'll talk to you. You know what I mean? So like, but that's where like, I'm, the part of like, you know, we were talking about like my family moving to Texas and we're kind of not shelving our plans, but delaying them a bit because Terry McAuliffe didn't win. Cause like if Terry McAuliffe had won, I'm pretty yeah. sure we'd be like camping out in your backyard already. Cause yeah, we would have gone immediately into lockdown. We would have like probably had our private school shut down mm-hmm. like permanently because of like his want of parents shouldn't have a say in their children's education, you know, all that crap. And like, not that I think Glenn Youngkin is any like more trustworthy, but like first thing he did was literally issue an executive order that basically said, yeah, it's up to the parents now. Public or private. But what drives me nuts is like literally some, like some Yahoo um, judge was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to rescind the executive order while we legislate this to see if the, the governor has the authority to do this. So wait, 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 the governor didn't have the authority to issue the mass mandate to begin with and force schools to do all that stuff. But when a different governor undoes it, suddenly he, we're going to check that authority. Right. Yeah. It's like a piece of shit. So yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of hoping that, and, and you know what, th- this may be, uh, what do they call it? Um, I can't remember what they call it, but like basically, it's 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 hoping for something that's unrealistic. But wishful uh, thinking, maybe that I don't know. I'm not sure, but the <laughs> the uh, that this supposedly this wave of Republicans coming in have primaried a lot of the kind of. Uh, sort of mainstream neocon type Republicans or there, or there's a lot of very good chances that those types of Republicans will be primaried or they're resigning. Mm-hmm. And I'm, what I'm hoping is we end up getting a, and the thing is, I don't always agree with these types of people, but like that, what's that blonde chick who's kind of crazy and sort of a QAnon person from Georgia. <laughs> um, Marjorie Taylor green. Yeah. That chick. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I, I'm happy to have those types of people, lunatics in there. Like at, at least they, they do like when she, she went in there and she was trying to like figure out how things worked and stuff. And she went in and sat in and like, she saw a, a voice vote and she went, wait, what, what just happened? And they were like, Oh, this is a voice vote. She said, but not everybody's here. Not everybody voted. And they're like, yeah, on a voice vote, you know, you just say yay or nay. And she went, but I've got this, I have my card. We're supposed to like swipe this card basically and cast our vote. And I didn't vote for these laws. I was elected to vote for these laws. And so she basically just sat there for the next 
several months going, I want there to be a, a like a roll call vote, which mm-hmm. slowed things down. But that's that like those are the things that like I like to see where like regular people are like, wait, this is how it works. This is not how it's supposed to work. People elected me to come in here and do this stuff. This is not a committee. This is not a committee vote. This is this is laws that are being passed. There's like ten people here voting on this stuff. Where is everybody else? Yeah. Like make yeah, it slow. Heard- make it make it a pain. Make it a pain in the butt for them to do this stuff. Don't make it easy for them to you know go there and collect all their lobby money and then leave. Yeah. At least make them earn the lobby money. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, I know her and I forget who else it was. Like, I think her and Thomas Massey have basically caused it to have to, to be roll call votes now. Basically they, because they show up and like, there's some sort of procedure that they can do that forces every vote to be a vote roll call vote. Yeah. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, I wonder like, I'd really like for malice to get a hold of that. Uh, like there's like some cripple kid who became like a Georgia congressman or something like that. Oh, he's, he's been um, on malice before. It's uh, a, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, that's, that's who I'm talking about. Like, that's oh. how I know about him. Oh, okay. But, it's like, not, it's, it's like a, it's like a woman's name. It's, uh, it's like Taylor or something like that. Something like that. Like Taylor or, or something weird. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I wish like, I'm going to Google cripple, cripple congressman. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I wish like he was also doing that, you know, like forcing the roll call votes. Yeah. Madison. That's his name. Yeah. So like, you know, him and Massey and her, like were caught forcing these roll call votes. So like there was always somebody available to force it, you know, that sort of thing. So, but he's very funny. He cracked, like he had this, he had this, thing that he was saying where he's like everybody assumes that because like I'm a handsome young man that I got injured in Iraq mm-hmm. and but he was injured in a car crash yeah and uh and so he was he, he says it's kind of awkward but also kind of funny to be like oh I didn't I, I wasn't in the military <laughs> like yeah. I, I just always thought that was kind of a like a funny a funny story but he's an interesting guy too but like it seems like a lot more of these like true believers are kind of coming in and I really hope that I'm not just like uh, Pollyanna ing the situation. Because oh, because the thing is too that you see this too is like a lot of Democrats are resigning and the Democrats that are replacing them are also true believers in the sense that they truly believe that like although they do believe in like all their weird, you know, terrible leftist causes and stuff like that, they do have this sort of like fundamental belief in like how America is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And then when they see it, they're like, Oh shit, this is not, this is not what I thought and yeah, are offended like, by it. And, and that was something else that I saw where people were talking about that and they were talking about the machines behind it. Yeah. And where, you know, it's like you were talking about like two years ago where basically the Republicans didn't run candidates in a bunch of seats in Virginia. Right. And just yeah. didn't try. That's right. And yeah. it like, it didn't make any sense. And it's kind of like, okay, so like they sweep the state the next time. And is it like, was that their like evil machination plan or like, were they literally like, yeah, we're not going to put forward Trump Trumpist candidates or the ones that do go forward. We're not going to give them any support. So they lose. So we just purge these people. 
So is right. that what they're setting up to do? Is like, is that what the Democrats are setting up to do? Which would be interesting. It but, would be. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I mean, you and I both are pay a lot of attention to the economic type stuff. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm both very hopeful for the economic side, but also kind of like, I don't really see, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm of two minds of this. I don't see the dollar failing. I also don't see the dollar succeeding. Like, I don't see how it is possible, but I also don't see them like letting it go without throwing a fit. Well, so it's, it's one of those things where if you got somebody who had the capital, like a Dwight D. Eisenhower, like I'm not saying that Dwight did this, right? but somebody who had that capital, who was just like, no, we're going to, we're actually going to tackle this. And it like, it is, you know, $30 trillion is a lot of money. That is for sure. But it's not such an amount of money that they couldn't theoretically stop it from growing and actually reverse it with a Congress and a president who had the mind to do it. But the question is, would anybody spend that political capital? You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, okay, we take in $3 trillion worth of money. We don't need to spend $3 trillion in taxes, but we're going to spend $1.5 trillion running the government, and we are going to pay off $1.5 trillion worth of debt. Just, it's going to go away. And, you know, the one of the things that, like, there's all these weird funding mechanisms that the government uses, like, you know, the, like, 20-year treasury, 30-year treasuries, and, like, but then they have, like, these weird other interest term bonds, like, they could restructure yeah. a lot of the debt too. Sure. Yeah. If they had this plan in place. But, you know, that's one of those things where it's like you can't spend $80 billion or $800 billion every year on the military and reduce the deficit. Sure. Yeah. And like I was listening to, again, the Radio Rothbard podcast, and they were talking about how basically the Navy's like got this, you know, like a lot of the government wants to pivot to fight China and it's like, they can't, China can't get over here, but like our Navy isn't designed to have ship to ship combat. Right. And then like one of the things that is like super kind of terrifying is like, did you see or hear about any of the fighting in Azerbaijan and the other, like Armenia? Yeah. Or the the recent fighting or the yeah the, uh, like the last the war over the summer or the spring right. yeah I I mean I paid attention to it for my because you know because I'm me but yeah I didn't I didn't overly pay attention to it because I don't I was just like I don't really care but did you did you see that basically tanks are no longer a thing yeah yeah they like just swarmed and destroyed tanks and that's one of the things that like the you know despite everything. The M1, A1, or the M1, whatever variant of the Abram tank, still one of the best main ba- mainline battle tanks. And then, like, the one that, like, Armenia was fielding, like, that got destroyed in these drone swarms. Yeah. Weren't Abrams tanks, but they weren't far off of it. Right. It wasn't but like they were old T-55s. That was one of the big, them. that was one of the big things that, like, somebody was pointing out about 
the supposed pending invasion of Ukraine by Russia, where they're like, well, they've got a bunch of tanks. It's like, yeah, I mean, I guess they do, but like, and that was kind of my point was like, if you looked at like Georgia and Azerbaijan and all this stuff that, that happened recently, it's like, this is just not the way war is fought now. Like, yeah, they do have a lot of tanks. It's true. And, and you know what, given the right circumstances, it, they may work. If, if, you know, this was kind of one of the things like the, uh, like the Russo Japanese war where like mm -hmm. the Russians were like, we have these unstoppable cavalry units and the Japanese were like, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. We do modern warfare with machine guns and we will just mow you down. And, and that's basically how that was resolved. And I, and I could see that sort of same type of thing or, or a good example was, uh, the, uh, German invasion of, uh, Belgium in world war one, where the Germans were like, we're going to march in here. And the Belgians killed like 40,000 German soldiers in one battle mm -hmm. and they lost, but they killed 40,000 people. Yeah. Because the Germans were marching 1.2 million. Yeah. And it was yeah, just like, just like an insane amount. Like at a certain point, the body stacked up so high, they were using those as cover. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, and I, so it's kind of like one of those types of things where it's like, if both parties decide that they're going to fight a Cold War style conventional war, maybe, maybe, maybe this is as serious as they say. But first of all, going back, According to Ukraine, this is not a big deal. Like this is this is something that's been going on since April. Nothing has changed. Yeah. The, the United States is the one who's making it that something has happened. And according to the Ukrainian officials, which I don't know if they're telling the truth either. I mean, they're all corrupt as well. But they're they're saying no. The Russia has massed these troops on our border since April. Nothing has changed since then. There's not a pending invasion of Ukraine. You guys are saying there's a pending invasion of Ukraine. We've got this under control. We have diplomatic channels open. You know, this is a tough situation, but it's also, I mean, I think the quote from Zelensky in Ukraine was, I'm president of Ukraine. I am in Ukraine. I think I know the situation better than Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's like, I've taken more of your money. Than <laughs> Probably. <you have." laughs> That's true. So I know the situation a lot better. I'm getting phone calls. <laughs> Zelensky, you know, I, I, I'm, I feel bad for him. He's a really funny comedian. Mm. Uh, and it, it's unfortunate. I, I feel bad for him for taking this job because he could still just be doing the comedy shows that he used to do that Victoria used to have me watch. And the ones that the few that had subtitles were hilarious. Yeah. I think I've told you about his game shows. Like he had these mm -hmm. great game shows where like amateur comedians, they come on and then it's him and this other comedian and they watch the amateur comedian do his like set. And mm -hmm. if, and then there's a third comedian in the background and if, and that third comedian's watching the two professional comedians. And if one of them laughs, he hits the buzzer and that, and the amateur comedian moves to the next level. Yeah. So like they have to make him laugh a certain number of times. And I thought this was like the greatest format for a game show because it's it it, it makes it it it, it kind of caters towards a very specific type of comedy because it's got to be done within a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. But it, I just thought the format was really good, and I could just imagine like two American comedians watching a amateur comedian make them laugh. And I and I've seen this kind of thing done. Like what was that show that Roseanne used to do? 
um, it, Roseanne was a host and Norm Macdonald was a host. And then like amateur comedians would come up and do something and they would critique them. I have no idea. And it was, it was really good. But I remember this, like, cause this, this gay guy did this joke about Christians where this guy quoted the Bible at him. And he's like, if you're going to quote, quote your favorite book, I'm going to quote my favorite book. And then he quoted Harry Potter to him. And Roseanne was like, that's so funny and so brave. And Norm Macdonald goes, I don't think that's brave at all. Every comedian makes fun of Christians. <laughs> and like, I, I just remember thinking that I, and actually Norm Macdonald had like a really clever critique of it too, where he was like, what you probably didn't know was that JK Rowling is a Christian and her, her stories are based off of Christian archetypes and blah. Like he went into this whole thing. I don't know if that's true or not, but I just remember going like, that's a nice way to, bear. and also, you know how much I love Norm Macdonald. Mm-hmm. So like, I remember seeing that and going like this, is, but anyways, kind of back to the Russia thing. It's. I think you're right. Is that the you can say that you know this country has a bajillion tanks and this country has a bajillion of these other things, but like the world is different. Like we live in a world where you can get a you know two hundred dollar drone and put you know and swarm it with a bunch of other drones and put some sort of anti tank armaments on it, and that works. You know, have you ever seen, um, I don't think it's a dirty dozen. It's, it's this one where they get all these like bad guy. The it's, it's starring Lee Marvin and he's like in this regiment. It's Lee Marvin. It's, uh, the dude from death wish. Um, it's a really like good bad movie. company or something like that. It might be the bad company. And they like, and they basically, they go into these war games and they're just, they're all of the worst people from the military, but they basically, they don't, they won't follow any of the rules. And so they end up winning this like impossible situation because they keep doing stuff like in the war games, you're supposed to wear, wear like a blue armband or a red armband to dif- differentiate your team. And they, they find this out in advance. And so they have both armbands and they just switch them. Like they, <laughs> they do things like that where like they, they, they play dirty. So it's, and it's kind of that same thing. And this is sort of how they, like the Americans won the revolution where it's like the British have, they're like, this is the way you fight a war. And the Americans are like, why would we do that? Or, yeah, or we're going to shoot your officer of horse. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've mentioned this a bunch of times before where like, I, I think it was the British who visited America and they looked at our trains and they were like, this is impossible. How can your trains be this long? And yeah. the Americans are like, what do you mean? We just add more cars. And they're like, no, the train will break in the middle. And they're like, why would it break in the middle? We just add more cars until yeah, it's it, like, until it stops working. And it's that yeah. sort of mindset where if you're no, you're or I mean, or another good example would be Afghanistan, where the Taliban, who are not great people, just go, we're just not giving up because we think that you are devil incarnate and we are just going to continue fighting you forever. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, and this is the the thing that I'm kind of leading us back. And like, this is kind of the last point because I got to mm-hmm. get to bed. But um, okay. like from the, we fought Afghanistan, like the we were fighting Americans. Mm-hmm. If the police station suddenly exploded, a bunch of Americans would be like, whatever you want, <laughs> overlord. And there would be, you know, psycho, like, you know, people who would fight back and would never give up and that sort of thing. But like, like we fought, like we were fighting Westerners and they're like, yeah, you know, the, the last guys just came in here and killed a bunch of people that said they were in charge. I mm-hmm. didn't listen to that asshole. 
I didn't listen to that asshole's dad and I killed his granddad. So like we stomped the Soviets out of the ground and like they weren't here, you know, like we like, thank God we don't fight like we did in world war two where we just carpet bomb civilians. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, there's a reason as soon as we switch to tactical warfare, which is trying to replicate where we just killed armies before shit stopped working. Like look at Mosul. It's like, how did like, how did we destroy Mosul and make it so that ISIS can never come back to Mosul? We destroyed Mosul. Yeah. Like we bombed it into oblivion. So there's no place for them to be. Right. Like, but I got to get to bed. Um, so we can go to, you can go to childerberg.com, get your camp spot, not campsite. Though if you <laughs> wanted to buy a campsite's worth of spots, you could. Um, you buy eight. You got to buy eight and we'll put you together with, with eight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do our best. <laughs> so uh, from there, but yeah, you can go to childerberg.com for that. You can follow Childerberg on Twitter for any additional updates or news. Um, if you are trying to put stuff together, you know, keep like, especially on Twitter, like, so if you are going to get your own Airbnb and you're looking for people, we won't coordinate stuff like that. But if you use the hashtag Twitter or not hashtag Twitter, that'd be funny. Like, I'm hashtagging Twitter while I'm Twittering. <laughs> right. but, uh, hashtag Childerberg and, you know, try to reach out to people if you're trying to do stuff like that or, you know, start trying to get your rides together. Um, so the 28th through the 30th, or am I going backwards with the dates again? Where are the dates again this year? Uh, it is um, the it's May twenty eighth through thirtieth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're one of the first one hundred people who get a camp spot, you can also camp with us on the twenty seventh. Yeah. So, and that's going to be at the Mule Shoe Bend Recreational Area, and we will have. More fun and exciting news to come as uh, we can tell people about it. That's that's right. That's true. Um, Stay free, everybody. Stay free.